This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's erica.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and anthony. it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, at CurseySmurfErica, and of course, at NerdcastRadio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to a nerd show. Nerd Podcast Radio. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Good morning. This is Super Vegan Brian, and welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I am joined today by only one co-host, Hindu Anthony. What's up, Buttercup? Michael is in the midst of reconstituting himself after the coup of the host of clones. The divine, their divine ruler, they believe has been resurrected, but it's it's in fact a guinea pig. So I don't know what's going to happen. They're they're worshiping a guinea pig. They thought it was some kind of god. They they were like thinking it was the original Michael. I don't know what Michael has in common with a guinea pig other than they're both cute and fluffy. <laughs> uh, I, I think yeah, the clones may fluffy. have I think the clones may have degraded a bit over over multiple reoccurrences. Yeah, we're out there. We might have to go and take them all out and start over. And Kirstie Smurferica is unable to be here today for perfectly normal non sci fi reasons. Her house is filled with gas. See, that sounds sci-fi-ish, actually, when you say yeah. it like that. Um, they, you know what? They have enough Vespian gas. This morning, well, you know what? It's just the two of us. How the hell are you doing this morning, Anthony? I think I'm getting sick. Yeah, that yeah. seems to happen a lot. My girlfriend is sick, and my son is sick, and now I think I'm getting sick. Well, yeah, I mean... I'm a preschool teacher who who works with two year olds a day, and then I come home, and then there's another two year old. So like, yeah, getting sick, I think, is just kind of a daily occurrence for me now. You you're you're in the beginning stage of becoming that teacher that's immune to everything because you're exposed to everything now. Yeah, so like the first year just kind of sucks because now I'm sick all the time. <laughs> I just spent the week with my aunt and uncle who came down from New York. It was great. I still had to work, so they did vacation stuff during the day. My favorite day was when I called them to see what they were doing when I was on my way home from work, and they were like, we're in Mexico. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> they went down to Rosarita. They also did something that I was totally jealous of. They went they went to San Juan Capistrano, and when they were on the Ortega, there were a whole bunch of cars pulled over. There were a couple of dudes on a long slack line up in the mountains, like high wire walking slack line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I get what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Where they set the big rope in between rocks that are like, that are like a thousand feet off the ground and they, they walk across it. Oh, I thought it was maybe the like sliding people across. No, they're walking across it. Yeah. They were, they were walking across it. It's like a pretty popular hobby out here. They, they, they set up and say, they set up safety harnesses beforehand so you can fall off of it. 
Well, that's good to know. <laughs> but, I mean, they were like, there's a dude walking across that rope. So they just, like, watched them? Yeah, they took pictures, too. And videos. There, it, it basically looks like mountains, and you have to focus really, really hard on the faraway people. It's fun and entertaining. I, I didn't know that that was, like, a thing people, like, did. Just walk across rope between mountains. Yeah, look it up on YouTube. It's like a... It's like a hobby. People, um, they'll do things like there. It's not a tight wire like in the circus. It's a slack line. So mm. it's a whole different kind of kind of thing. And it's it's really really popular. A lot of people do it. And probably huh. a lot of people get killed doing it too. You know, wouldn't be yeah. a fun fun outdoor hobby if it didn't have risk of death. <laughs> you know, I have different ideas of fun. I want to try it. I think I might be a little too old for it, though. I, I like to go bouldering, and I sometimes do some bouldering. That would be considered a little extreme. But wa- walking across a line sounds like something a much more in-shape, younger person um, thing. Yeah, probably. And, and I mean, it's not tight, so it's slack. So, like, I don't know. I Like, personally, I'd be worried about my weight. I'd be like, am I going to cause this, like, rope to sink? Well, speaking of cool things that we've always wanted to do this morning we're going to be talking about the what we wanted to be when we grew up the things we wanted to do the dreams we had the goals we had what what we've achieved what we haven't achieved and what could we still do um so but first we're going to play everybody's favorite game what's nerdy with you anthony you want to explain that okay so every week we have this game uh where the guests, which for us is just two this week, just talk about what is the nerdiest thing we did this week. Um, and then we all vote on who we think did the nerdiest thing using the what system is it? Is it the Myler system? We, um, the Mile High Myler widget system. There we go. Mile High Myler widget system. I knew the last name, so at least I got the last name right. Uh, which is basically we get a widget per guest plus one. Because if you want to go mile high, do it with Mike Myler's widget. Oh, no. <laughs> the, that really adds an inappropriate aspect to the widgets. I think the widgets have been inappropriate every time they're in my hands. That's what she said. <laughs> I think the widgets are very inappropriate when they're on your face. And you take it to another level. I can take it to another another level. I think for our listeners' sake... We should probably um, not do that. We'll stop. Yeah, we'll stop now. <laughs> it'll, just, it'll just get really bad, and then I'll probably say something that'll offend you and all the listeners, and then the podcast will end here. Generally, generally the jokes go bad. Yeah, you know, we we start off we start off really la- tame. It gets a little risky, and then Anthony enters the Bukaki zone, <laughs> and then and then we go hard stop. We're we're ending this now because I think he could go worse. Uh, so yeah, and then we use those widgets to determine who had the nerdiest thing. Uh, and somebody included the idea of the negative widget where you can take someone's widget away. Yeah, that was that was the horrible idea that I had that has been fun, but it 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 hurts feelings. We we've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, there are, there have literally been times where well, last time I was on, you and I were tied, and you were like. I'm gonna take your widgets away, and now you're not. We're not tied, and now I win. And I was like, "God damn it, Brian!" <laughs> because winning like this game is all that matters to us this week. Well, 
I'm not going to shatter your childhood dreams this morning when we talk about them. But what did, what was nerdy with you this week? So the nerdiest thing I've been doing, and uh, it's not like one thing that happened like one day this week. It's kind of been like going on this whole week. My son is saying hi. Hi, Aiden. He can't hear me. Anthony's no. on headphones. No, but I mean, hi, Aiden. But yeah, you can definitely hear him. Everybody uh, at home listening, say hi, Aiden. He can't hear you either, but it'll be fun. Yeah, go ahead. Say hi. And then you could just like put in the comments on our Facebook page. We said hi. Uh, so yeah, the nerdy thing I did. Again, it's not something that happens like one day, like I did this one thing. It was kind of something that happened a whole week. I started watching Deep Space Nine with my girlfriend. I am so happy. Yeah. I don't know if you remember from our Star Trek episode. That's my favorite one. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. We were we were looking through like different Star Treks. I was watching Voyager before, and we were like looking for things to watch because. We like you know before we go to bed we generally like watch Netflix together before we go to sleep, and um, we were caught up on a lot of the shows we were watching like we were watching um, Designated Survivor and we caught up on that and then she was like Have you ever seen Deep Space Nine and I was like No and she was like How dare you We need to watch it because she loves that one she especially loves Quark he's like her favorite thing last in- week Speaking of how dare you last week we had Matt on the podcast. We had who? And we had Matt. I know. And he said he's never seen Firefly. That is shocking. <laughs> something wrong with that. He needs Matt, Matt, Matt. If you're listening, buddy, pal, friend, you need to watch that. Okay. And then here, I have a joke for you, Matt, and you won't get it. And then in the future, it will make you very sad. How do Reavers clean their harpoons? How? Put them through the wash. Oh my god. Okay, Matt, you're not gonna get that joke, but when you watch, you will, and you'll be sad, and you'll be like, Anthony, how dare you? <laughs> I'm I Deep Space Nine is an awesome show. What do you think of it so far? Oh, it's so entertaining and funny. I I especially love when um when the Q episode because I always love Q episodes. Q episodes are the best. They're always they're always the most entertaining in my opinion. And um, he just punches him. And he's like, you punched me. Picard never punched me. I'm like, well, I'm not Picard. I'm like, oh, my God. He just punches Q. That was great. I thought that was a little meta, too. You know, oh, sort yeah. of. Yeah, I like I, I love I love Deep Space Nine. It um, it's going to do some really cool stuff. And later on, they they do a lot of experimental episodes, like even more than Next Generation did. And yeah. Saw the episode last night where like all everyone's imaginations came to life. That was the last episode I saw so far. Wait till they get to the episode where they go back in time and interact with Star Trek the original series. Whoa. And they 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 straight up insert the modern actors into the old show. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, they recreate the sets and everything. And the they do the color toning just right to make it look like the old show, and you like you'll they don't interact with each other, but you'll see somebody like looking around the corner watching a scene from the original show, and the the neat thing about it is it's the uh the trouble with trebles episode. Trouble with trebles. Yeah, the neat thing the the name of the episode is trials and tribulations. Yeah, because trebles were like a thing in the original show right they're like these like little critters i've I've heard about them before i've actually never i think i've seen like one episode of the original series so 
You I, should I, watch I, the tr- Trouble with Tribbles episode. It's it's just it, it's a good one off if you never watch any other original series episodes. It's a good one because it's kind of a light episode. Okay. It, it's sort of the comedy episode. Well, one of the comedy episodes of Star Trek: The Original Series. The other comedy episode is when they meet the alien hippies. Yeah, a girlfriend just showed me a picture of the treble, trebles, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the little fuzzball things. That's right. I have a treble. I have a treble on my shelf. So, yeah, she's very excited that I'm watching Deep Space Nine. We we, we always get excited, and uh, she is always very excited when, when Quark shows up. Uh, we, we, both made, we both made a realization that we both really like Ferengi style. Like, we think the Ferengi have the probably the best style of all the alien races. I always I, I love the fact that Deep Space Nine really digs into the Ferengi and you you meet Quark and his entire family and they're kind of like this con artist kind of dirty smuggling and just despicable people that you learn to love. Well, and here's the thing though is it's like we we think of them as dirty and despicable and like terrible, but it's like well in their society like that's that's morally correct. They just have a very different set of morals than humans do selfishness is like a virtue in their society so you know i I think it's almost unfair to call them you know terrible people because it's like well we're judging them based on human morality and that's not very fair have you met nog yet yeah you meet nog he's like you meet him like like the first few episodes see i don't remember it's been a while i don't remember when he shows up i just um he's my favorite yeah you meet him like the first few episodes and then um and and we're almost done with season one, I think. And uh, I, I think the last episode I saw was with Nog and uh, Jake, uh, the captain's son, was they were trying to figure out how to sell, like, yamak sauce. They were, like, trying to sell this, like, Cardassian food sauce. And then they traded it for, like, these parts. And then they traded the parts for land. And it was just, like, this, like, this, this chain trade game. And I'm like... This kind of reminds me of um, oh, shit. What's that game? Um, Animal Crossing. Just trading different things until you finally get money. Oh, that's great. Uh, my nerdy thing this week was I read three books, and like I'm three full books. Yeah, I'm gonna finish the third one today. Wow, that's that's great. I don't think I've ever read three whole books in a week. I've read like I've definitely read a whole book a, like in a day, but not three books in a week. That's cr- that's pretty good. I'm on book 14 of my 16 book series I'm reading. Whoa. (laughs) You know, for to be completely honest, they're short. They're only 300 pages long. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So reading three books is like reading a 900 page book in one week. I was about to say, if I if I started reading the Horace Heresy books, which I've like heard some of them on audiobook. But if I were to read those and like be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start reading that series, it'd be like a 40 book series. So that'll be a while. So I understand. I understand the problem with having to read a giant series. So what is the series? I'm curious now. Um, this is still the Stephen Bruce, the Vlad Talto series. And I wanted to give a quick shout out to Holly, who, because of me mentioning this on the Facebook page and on the podcast, um, started reading them. Ooh. Yeah. So thanks, Holly. Um, everybody listen to her podcast, the five ish fangirls, five ish fangirls. Yeah, they, um, oh God, let me see if I can get their catchphrase. They say at the beginning of the podcast, right? They say it's time for rants and it's time for nerdy rants and squee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it's tangents. 
time for tangents. Tangents. Yeah. Uh, that's a bit better. It's sort of like us, being that our, our game we're supposed to end at the 10-minute mark. We're at the 17-minute mark right now. <laughs> so, for voting, you have three widgets. Where do you want to put them, Anthony? Um, oh, man, that's hard. Because, I mean, you've had three books in a week. That's pretty... I don't, like, like, like I said, I don't think I've legit ever done that. Um, but, I mean, I am watching Deep Space Nine. It's really nerdy. But I think I'll give you two of them, and I'll give myself one of them. Oh, no. I will give you two, and I will use a negative widget to take away one of the two I gave you. Bam. Because <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's just be crazy and weird. You have one widget. Well, you were going to win anyway, because I was going to give you all three of my widgets. So Why were you going to give me all three? And then I'm going to use my negative widget to take mine away, so you win at a, queen, at a clean sweep. Wow, that's weird. Why would you do such a thing? Because... <laughs> Because you're watching my favorite Star Trek for the first time. Uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, my thing was it. nerdy. My thing was nerdy, but I mean, all I did was read books. I mean, you could say all you did was watch a TV show, but it's my favorite one. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I am, I am, I am being a little. I am cheating by watching your favorite thing. And I'm, I'm cheating by reading a lot. I mean, <laughs> I. Oh, so, wait, yeah, holy shit, I forgot, Leslie mentioned something right now that, like, I gotta, like, I gotta share. Okay, so, this would be the first time I'm sharing it on the podcast. She was saying I should get an extra point, because not only are we exposing Anthony to Star Trek, but we're exposing our soon-to-be unborn child to Star Trek, that's right. Our soon-to-be unborn? Okay, the currently unborn, but soon-to-be-born child. Yeah, that's right. Hindu Anthony is having a baby, guys. Oh! And now said baby that's growing is listening to Star Trek. I, I would act shocked. and oh, You know what? I already know, but I'm going to be... Oh my gosh, Anthony, that's great news. Congratulations. Well, of course, Brian already knows. Um, like, seriously, people, I, I told everyone behind the scenes. So, like, this is for the audience. They get to hear this for the first time and be like, less shock. Well, you would have mentioned it a lot sooner on the podcast if life didn't make it so you couldn't be here every week. We're recording on Sunday this week specifically so Anthony could be here. Well, I don't think I would have actually said anything last week because that was at this like time where we're like, do we want to like make it public yet? So, so yeah, I agree with her. I should get bonus points because I'm also exposing this to an unborn fetus. Star Trek. It yep. will. It will. It will seep in to her skin and into the womb and. And it, the baby will be like, Star Trek is a thing that exists. Maybe maybe she'll give birth to a Ferengi. I think that would make her really happy. <laughs> I think she'd be really excited, honestly. Because she really likes the Ferengi. Like, she really likes them. So I think she'd be super excited if that happened. And I would just be mortified. And then we find out that nobody should ever play Star Trek Deep Space Nine for their unborn ch- children. Oh, yeah. Will give yeah, birth to a yeah it'll become like a... They'll have to put, like, one of those, like, labels, like, they put on cigarettes, but put it on the corner of, like, Deep Space Nine and be like, don't watch this while pregnant, apparently. There is a, there is an issue. There, there, there is a chance of, um, of, um, gestating, gestating Ferengiism. <laughs> be a disease. Gestating Ferengiism. I like it. Okay. That, that is the name of this episode, Gestating Ferengiism. That works out so well, because we're going to be talking about what we wanted to be when we grew up. <laughs> I want to so, be a Ferengi. Um, we've talked about this topic before, 
um, when we've talked about stuff when we were growing up, but we wanted to dig into it a little bit. Anthony, um, this is a really complicated question to ask because, I mean, I'm sure the, the answer changes at different ages. So, Not for me. Yeah, for me, it, it's complicated, I guess. Um, so when you were a kid, what do you want to be when you grew up? Okay, so first I would like to say a lot of people are like, why is this nerdy? This isn't really a nerdy question. And you are correct. This is not a nerdy question. What's nerdy about this is our answers. Our answers are very nerdy, especially mine. Well, I don't know. Brian's is pretty nerdy, too. Uh, what I wanted to be when I grew up was, so when I was a little kid, I was really into bugs and insects. I still kind of am even as an adult. And um, I, w- I would literally do experiments. Have my mo- I would have my mom take notes because I couldn't write. And I was like, when I grow up, I want to be a bug scientist. I didn't know that was a thing that existed. I just knew that I wanted to be one. When I was a kid, I thought I wanted to be the first one, that that there were bug scientists. I was going to be the first one ever. And I found out, no, it's a whole field of science called entomology. What so, about it was interesting? Do you remember, like, as a child, what about bug scientists, science was interesting to you? It was just watching these little life forms. They're, they're like... If you watch bugs and insects and you compare it to today, like your life and how you go about doing things and stuff like that, they're like aliens. They really are like aliens, almost as if they came from an entirely different planet than like mammals. Everything they do is just so bizarre and just so like these like I, it's it's amazing that we like have a common ancestor somewhere down the evolutionary chain because Everything they do is just so spectacular and so crazy, and it's just so fun watching all these little critters, and they all act so very differently from each other. Um, and so that was always so very exciting was to put them all in like cages and just watch what they did, how they interacted with each other. Um, I, I like I felt like I was watching like alien critters from another planet. What kind of bugs? Oh, all kinds. I was. And I was really like a like a really crazy little kid. I would take like major risks. So I'd like I would catch wasps, giant red fire ants. Uh, I mean, like I got stung so many times as a kid by everything. Uh, I had a pet black widow at one time. Really did. Kept a black widow. I would feed it every day. Most people can't say that, but I can say I had a pet black widow. I'm, I, I'm trying to react to that like I've never heard it before because I know we've talked about this before. How did you catch it? That We never asked that question. I'm pretty sure I saw it in, let me think. I think I saw it kind of like behind a shed or something. And I probably got like a plastic cup and just kind of scooped it in there. I don't think I held it with my hands because I knew that they were venomous. Like I knew that even as a kid. I was like, oh, those are black widows. Those are not, those are not good. Because I had this, I had all these books about bugs and spiders and I would read all about them all the time. So I knew all these things about them like one of the facts that i remember reading and i still remember this to this day black widow's venom is 17 times deadlier than rattlesnake venom wow i've gotten bitten by a black widow before yeah those don't fuck around them they're no joke it felt like i had the flu it was it was i was miserable now now the thing about them is the adults are less dangerous than the than the um than the babies because adults won't inject all their venom at once because they know better they know to like save venom for um different occasions but the babies and the juveniles 
don't know how to really control their venom in, like in uh, output, so they just like pump you with all of it. They just like expe- expel everything all at once. So the smaller ones are actually a little bit more dangerous. Did you get into the science of entomology when you were a kid? Yeah, I remember. Uh, this was this was even all the way up until high school. I remember when I was in high school and I was part of AVID. If anyone knows what AVID is, um, it was basically like a pre-college, like high school stuff. They they helped. Um, they basically helped get you prepped for college, and we would go on trips to different universities. And I remember going to UC Riverside, and um, and I found out UC Riverside had like the biggest entomology program in Southern California. And I was like, this is where I'm going to college because it was like I was so excited. And uh, I remember they were talking about this experiment that they were doing that they're kind of they're still kind of working on it to this day. What they were trying to do is trying to work on a way to cure malaria by bioengineering mosquitoes that don't suck blood, but instead have jaws and bite instead of instead of sting. So they're trying to bioengineer mosquitoes with different mouths so that they aren't going around spreading diseases. Oh, wow. It it sounds horrifying, but when you say when you say it like that, it it wow. Well, yeah, it's different. a huge humanitarian effort. If they could somehow like make new mosquitoes that are somehow able to overtake the the current population of mosquitoes, it could like save a lot of lives. Because right now, malaria is probably like the most dangerous disease in the world. I you also be, have like West Nile virus. And- I will be back. Take a minor pause. I have to give the baby water. Sorry, bro. All right. No worries. <laughs> so yeah, um, I I thought that was so cool. You know, I was like, they're taking bugs and they are like altering them on the genetic level to basically save human life. That is interesting. So you you um you didn't become an entomologist. You became no. a you became a teacher instead. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, I know a lot of people who are into sciences and become teachers. There's that whole joke about if you can't do, you teach. I know that's yeah, total BS. Um, but was it disappointing to not become an entomologist? A little bit. Like, I still kind of think about it like, huh. I, like, I, I still to this day wonder, like, I, I I wonder if I, like, just were to decide, you know what? No, I will do this. And then, like, rechase my dreams if I could do it. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe one day. I mean, I couldn't just drop everything now and just like this is what I'm going to do now because it was always my dream because like I have bills to pay and a kid to take care of and I do enjoy teaching like it's not something I'm like I hate this but who knows I mean there's like there's no reason that I can't inject my joy of bugs and insects into the teaching world I mean it's something I can introduce the kids you know if I like it the the kids I take care of will like it because they're the same age as I was when I was doing all that stuff. Um, like in my classroom, there's actually this little girl I know. She really likes bugs. It's very interesting. And you wouldn't expect this from her because she's like, pretty little girl, blonde hair, loves pink and purple, and she really likes bugs. <laughs> so you just see this little girl in these like pink, frilly, cute dresses like, look at this bug I found! <laughs> so you not only... You can you you're you're taking your dream and helping to inspire another kid's dream. So it it's there's no like feeling of loss of I didn't follow that. It's more like I'm taking the thing I liked when I was a kid and I get to see other kids who like that same thing. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's always fun. Especially when they, like, especially when you get to see the same, like, love and passion that you had as a kid and other kids. And you're like, I know what that's like. I was there. And then it helps you, like, this is a really cool thing about working with kids is, like, you get reconnected back to your childhood and you kind of see them do things and, and have certain, like, reactions to things. And, like, you remember being there and going, hey, I remember what that was like. I remember being that kid. That's really cool. I miss that. <laughs> but maybe I'll be able to introduce bugs and insects to the kids one day. I mean, right now, I can't really do too much of it because the co-teacher I'm with, she's not really big on bugs and insects, so I can't like bring bugs in the classroom without really freaking her out. So, Brian, what did you want to be when you grew up? It's a complicated question because when I was a kid... I never could answer that question, but I do remember what I was interested in. Um, my mom used to, my mom was a teacher and she used to take me to school and would put me on the Commodore 64. And I remember I played games on it, but I remembered being more interested in going into the commands and trying to find out what I could find in the programs that wasn't the obvious thing. Commodore 64. You know, I've never been on one, but my grandpa, yes, my grandfather talks about how great they were when he was when he was into the computer stuff. The video games were a lot more fun than the video games on Atari, which was the video game system I had at the time. Well, yeah, it was probably a way more powerful computer. Um, I played Usagi Yojimbo, the video game. That was one of my favorites. I remember you. I remember you saying that on our video game episode that you loved that game. Yeah, it was a lot of the music on the Commodore 64 was really cool. But I I was more interested in typing in the commands. And um, I just started to get this knack for computers. And I would go into like stores that had computers and try to make them do things that they were designed not to when they like they would be in demo mode. And I would try to access things and try to get them to do things. And it got to the point where I when I was on my lunch in high school, I say I never owned one growing up. Um, but when I was on my lunch in high school, I used to talk the teachers into letting me use their computers and I would mess around and learn things. And um, I started getting, whenever I had like Christmas or birthdays come up, I'd ask people to give me computer books, which was kind of weird because I never owned one. So I would read Windows for Dummies and um, it eventually involved into network troubleshooting and stuff like that. And then when I got to college, um, my mom wanted me to be a nurse and I started taking nursing classes and I noticed that I wasn't doing very good in those, but my elective computer classes, I was getting A's in them. So I changed my major and my mom cut me off. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. She, she totally cut me off. She didn't uh, about that. But I did really well. I got my associate's degree and I, I started getting jobs involving computers and, um, the other, I, and then I, I ended up getting a job as an IT tech, and I've, I've done a bunch of those. I've been doing it for 17 years. I thought, you know, so it was sort of like I achieved my dream, which was kind of weird when I was like, I was like 24 when I got my first IT job, and I was so thrilled, and it left me in this weird limbo because I never really thought beyond that. Yeah. I never really went, oh, I want to be an IT engineer or I want to um, be a programmer or anything like that. I just kind of wanted to be the tech grunt working on computers. And that was weird 
it was like really weird to be like, so that's when I started taking pictures and getting into photography and um, finding that I have other dreams because I always liked photography growing up. And, you know, if if you asked me when I was a kid what I wanted to be when I grew up, I probably would have said I wanted to work at a fast food place. <laughs> Kids have funny answers to that question. Yeah. They really do. Because I did do that. And when I did it, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world that I finally got to see behind the scenes at the fast food place. I was that kind of kid that I always wanted to see behind the scenes. Every business I went to, I would be really interested in how it worked. And uh, well, I mean, that's a pretty normal thing for a kid, I, I think, is like trying to figure out, OK, so there's this thing that works. And how does it work? Like, I, I think that's a pretty common, common thing uh, for those of you out there that don't know. I, I like. I have a college background in child development, so you know what field of you know, expertise. You know what I thought about the most when I was a kid. You know what went through my head the most? Hmm. What? Why am I see? Why am I seeing what's through my eyes and not through other people's eyes? And why can't <laughs> I be aware of what other people are doing when they're not here? You know, I think a lot of kids actually have that thought, just maybe not that intensely or like that, but um. Okay, so so we're gonna like get a little off tangent here, but this will be fun. Um, kids before I think like the age of like two aren't aware that they are a separate being. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't have this idea that they are a like a human who isn't this separate being from everything else. And then it's about two or three years old that they kind of like, well, basically about two years old that they kind of make that connection that like, oh. I am not the chair and I am I am not this like just this like floating nothingness like I'm a physical thing that like and there are other things out there that are separate than me that have different feelings than me that aren't me and the moment that happens it's probably like it's probably like a huge shock you know like this idea that like oh there are other people who also have feelings and thoughts and their feelings and thoughts are not my feelings and thoughts. I, and then that probably leads into the the questioning of, I wonder what they feel and what they think. That's a fun one. How That's interesting. How young were you when you started having those thoughts? I'm curious now. Five. Five. Right, maybe a little earlier because my my see, I talked to my mom about it a while back, and she we were talking about earliest memories, and I was like, I think I was like five because my earliest memory was being at daycare with um there was this like they we called it the nursery school and it was a it was a big room that had like a tree house inside the room and my mom goes i remember that nursery school you were two <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy so yeah probably really early memories but you don't have like age context when you're really little so no, really uh, yeah they there's like I was telling her about remembering playing with this kid Teddy, and my mom was like, "You were three. <laughs> oh wow, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember when I was five. I definitely, you know, I might have been seven because I remember this being first grade, so I was seven. I remember thinking we were learning about colors, and I remember like going through like I think it was the color green or red, and I was thinking in my head. What if the green I'm seeing isn't the green other people are seeing? Like I was, like, I had that same thought when I was a kid too. I was like, I was like, I wonder if the other kid next to me looks at the color green and they see what I see would be red, 
but they're just taught that's green. So every time they see what I would call red, they go, oh, that's green. And I'm like, I just like, I like freaked out. Like I was like seven years old. I'm like, whoa, the fuck? I remember when I was in nursery school and I got in trouble because a kid shoved me and I bit him. I remember doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Biting is not good. <laughs> but I, any... was, I was like three. <laughs> yeah, if there are. Yeah, biting biting is a bit more of a severe thing. Every time there every time there's a bite at our at the school that I work at, there's a whole thing. We gotta write a whole report. We gotta we gotta do a whole thing. I think it's a normal thing for kids to do, and then you just tell them not to, and then if it becomes a problem, then it's a thing. But I mean, oh, it's a hundred percent normal. Yeah, especially when you're when you're little and you don't have a big vocabulary, so you can't exactly say, "Hey, I don't like that thing that you did." Or, hey, can you not hit me? I don't like that. Can we talk about it? Like, you can't say things like that. So you're just like, ah, there. That helps. Is there anything you ever really wanted to do when you were a kid that you ended up getting to do? Um, let's see. Oh, you know what? This is weird, but I actually did want to, like, have kids. Even when I was a kid, I wanted to have kids. Like, I was like, I think I would like to have kids one day. Even when I was like a little kid, like five or younger, I always thought I want to be a dad. I want to have kids. And now I have kids. It's very strange because I don't know that many kids who think about having kids, but I did. Mine is a lot more shallow than yours. <laughs> what? Um, I I am going to have kids and I'm really excited about having kids now. I never really thought yeah, about it when I was a kid. Um, when um, I always want to learn how to juggle. And when I was in, I think I've talked about this before, when I was in middle school, we had what was called circus arts back in New York, where they would like change PE into circus arts for like a few months. And we would learn how to do things like juggle and ride a unicycle and stuff like that. And before that, I always thought juggling was like a magic trick. And then we learned the basics and I, I never could pick it up. And then when I was obsessed with it for like the longest time, and then when I turned 12, um, I had a lot of free time during the summers because I would visit my dad. So I went to the library, grabbed all the books on juggling off the shelf, read them, and practiced nonstop and taught myself how to juggle. Oh, that's cool. I got I got one that's that's way that's way less deep. Um, okay, so a lot of people know my family is pretty nerdy, and when I say pretty nerdy, I mean we're really nerdy. So I remember being a kid, and I'd go to visit my dad sometimes. And he would have his 40K models, and I always thought they were really cool. So I was like, when I get older, I would like to play that game. And now I'm older, and I can play that game. And I have models and everything. Oh, when you know, when I was a dad, when when I was a little kid, I was always when you were a dad. When I was when blah, well, I'm like trying to say like I wanted to be more like my dad. Um, when I was a little kid, my dad had a workshop where he did woodworking, and I it always bothered me that I never got into it. And a few years ago. Um, well, gosh, a few years ago, um, 12 years ago (laughs) when I was, um, studying martial arts, I had my wooden sword for class and I was like, I'm going to refinish it. And I used what I remembered from when I was a kid and it was successful. I, I did, I stripped the, I stripped the paint. I, I, um, sanded it down. I put the finish on it. Um, and I was so proud of myself that I did the thing that my dad did when he w- when I was a kid. 
And That's my dad's beautiful. an accomplished carpenter. He, he did amazing things when I was a kid. But still, I felt good that I did that little thing. Um, I did a whole bunch of them. I even gave my first one I did to Michael. Gave it to Michael... Yeah, I gave it to him for his birthday one year. Oh, that's so nice. I'm I'm surprised you gave away like your first like sword you made. I, I figured, you know, that'd be like, I'm keeping this. It's my first one. Honestly, I have a different relationship with stuff. Um when I was eighteen my house burned down. So um I often will like on gift days give treasured items for like birthdays and Christmas and stuff because I you know, it gives me joy, but it's just a, it's just an object, and I can give someone else joy with it. I'll give it away. Uh, see, I kind of have a similar issue. My house didn't catch fire, but what happened is um, one time when my parents, we were moving, and uh, we had stuff in a storage unit, and they weren't able to pay for the storage unit, so we just lost all of our stuff. I mean, like, I, I lost, like, like uh, I used to have this stuffed animal. It was, like, the stuffed animal I had when I was a kid. Uh, ever since I was a baby, we lost that. My parents lost their wedding photos. Like, we lost everything in that storage unit. Um, so I, I understand the the whole, like, having things and having stuff and then, like, just gone. What's what's weird is things that were dreams that were, I was a kid that I actually got to do that now I think of it like, why was I so excited about that? Um, like when I was a kid, Disneyland was like the most amazing magical thing. And I'm sure a lot of kids can, can, um, relate to this. Oh yeah. Uh, like every kid wants to go to Disneyland and then they go to Disneyland. Yeah. Well, I grew up in New York, so Disneyland was even more like far away and magical and amazing. And I finally got to go and it really was that I had that amazing experience. And then we went again and then we went again and then we went again. And then we went again. And now you live in Southern California. You can go whenever you want, and you don't. <laughs> well, that's what happened. We moved to Southern California, and we went over and over again. And now someone says, hey, you want to go to Disneyland? And I go, hell no. <laughs> right? And when I have kids, they're going to be really excited about Disneyland. And I'm going to get really excited, too, because I get to see how they excited are and live that all over again. Exactly. But then they're going to want to go again, and I'm going to go, hell no. <laughs> Why don't you do I, – I, I saw this thing online. It was like a, like the, the perfect Disneyland dream. It's to go to all the Disneyland parks. So why don't you do that? Go to all the Disneyland parks in the world. Go to Hawaii and Japan and Florida and California and Australia. Go to all of them. I have a new dream. Let's go to all the Disneyland parks, and I'm sure they're all going to be very similar to each other. I think they're all very different, actually. Like, I know the one in Hawaii has, like, a giant volcano. I know Erica took, um, she took Amelia, um, Rusty, Rusty and Erica and Amelia went to, um, Disney World. And... Yeah, there. Sounds like fun. You went to Florida? No, no, no. I've never been there. It oh, you've never like been fun. there? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you got Epcot, and you got all that other stuff. They have cool stuff we don't have. There's... There's also the Universal the Universal Florida that has supposed to have so much more than we have here. But I watched videos on YouTube and the Harry Potter experience in Florida looks very similar to the one we have here, like they cloned it. So, that's weird. I um do you have any dreams now that you look forward to to accomplishing? Um I honestly would like to go back to college. I'd like to go back to college soon and get my degree. Because I actually don't have my degree, sadly. Like, I never got it. Uh, 
and then maybe go get another degree. Like, like I, I first I should probably get my associates and then my bachelor's and then who knows from there. Maybe I do remember a while back when I did start going to college when I was 18. I wanted a PhD. Like I was like, I want a PhD. Maybe one day I'll do that. And that'd be cool. Dr. Anthony. That's a great attitude. I'd be um, like, what kind of doctor are you? And I'd be like, I'm a kid doctor. Oh, you're a pediatrician. No, 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 not that kind of doctor. That's great. Doctor of childhood development? Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. And I could publish, like, papers about things. I I would like to finish my bachelor's. It's not really a dream. It just seems like the grind that I'm going to do. Um, I... My dream is I'd like to have my own photo studio. I'd like to have a photo studio with a small gallery. I'm really looking forward to um, doing some more market stuff. I, I, I love doing the Saturday market type selling my photos stuff. I want to start doing that again. Um, I'd like to have a I'd like to be in a major gallery again. The first time that didn't work cool. out so well. No, it didn't. Um, I got the opportunity to be a major gallery in L.A. And it, I was really excited. I got pulled into it. I met this artist in Seattle um, that was like, we're really interested in having you um, display your work at our opening and went to this gallery. I, I, so this was the reality of it that I didn't realize. I had to pay $1,500 to rent the room. Whoa. Where, <laughs> yeah. And Whoa. then I was responsible for making sure people went. And it turned out that the room that I rented was the waiting room for the video presentation of the other artist. So people who went in there didn't give a crap about my work. They weren't even looking at it. They were treating it like a doctor's waiting room. And I was I, I didn't take photos for about a year after that because I was so distraught. Oh, that's so sad. No, it was a hard one to bounce back from. No, it. it it taught me a lesson. I mean, the people who do well at art are the ones that handle rejection really well. And I did not handle it that well, but it thickened my skin for in the future. It also made me realize that anybody can put their work in a gallery. It's just you have to spend the money getting to be the one that's invited to be in the gallery. That's the one that takes work to happen. So so like the idea of like putting yourself in the gallery isn't hard. Like any anybody with money and like no talent could do it. But it's a matter of like trying to do it in a way that's less expensive or maybe somebody's inviting you because they like your work to do it. That's that's the goal. Yeah, it's a lot harder. It requires a lot of networking and um, you, you know, you have to you have to do things like get get involved in contests and it, it requires a lot of work. And this wasn't something that required a lot of work. This was something that I fell into and ended up like being very different than what I thought it was going to be. Kind of like I, one of those, like, if it's too good to be true, it is kind of things. I was really excited at the time. Like, I, I had to go down there and paint the room, and it 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 was um it was neat. It was I, I spent a lot of money on prints, and fortunately, I was able to find a buyer to turn them around to be able to break even on my losses. Well, that's good. At least you, like, broke even. I, I Personally, I would consider that, like, a somewhat success. First time going to the gallery, and you at least broke even. To me, a massive failure would be like, I invested all this money and got nothing out of it. That would be bad. Yeah. No, no, like like losing my car or something based on the fact that I, I, I blew all my money on a long shot. Oof. Yeah. That, yeah, see, that would be bad. <laughs> that would be really bad. <laughs> well, that, that listeners, didn't happen. 
If you want to see my photos, you can find them at facebook.com slash Photography. No spaces. He makes good photos, guys. Ooh, I got to talk to you about that after we're done recording. I'm going to have to sure. hire you for pictures. Awesome. You, I don't, I don't, um, I don't work for friends, so maybe we can come up with some kind of favor instead. Okay, that works. <laughs> so we talked about the things we wanted to do when we grew up. Um, we are giant nerds, which makes this a nerdy conversation. I know, uh, right? Like I said, I, it's it's not that the it's not the what did you want to be when you grew up that's nerdy. It, it was our answers that are nerdy. But I don't think it's too late. I mean, it's not too late to make new dreams. It's not too late to change your dreams. It's not too late to go back and try your childhood dreams again. Um, I read this book called The Last Lecture. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, it's written by Randy Posh. No, it sounds kind of familiar, though. Like, I've heard the name. Um, he was a professor at Carnegie Mellon University, and he did their um, virtual reality. He's probably one of the reasons why we have things like Oculus Rifts and stuff like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was He got diagnosed with terminal cancer oh, and he they have this lecture series and when a when a professor retires they do this thing called the last lecture well he wanted to do a last lecture literally and you can watch the lecture on youtube but in it he talks about recognizing your childhood dreams and then achieving them and he talks about small and big ones and one of the small ones was winning those big stuffed animals at games at carnivals and amusement <laughs> parks yeah and they bring them out on stage and he won like 40 of them <laughs> that's so cute and funny um he also talks about like he wanted to be an imagineer at disneyland um but he ended up being a professor at a university teaching vr well he act- they were doing a vr project for the aladdin ride at disneyland and he actually was able to convince them to let him come in as an honorary honorary Imagineer and work on the project at Disneyland. That's so cool. Well, it's kind of like, um, I can't remember what her name was, but it was this, uh, I'm sure everyone's seen the meme. It's that video, it's that meme of that like really old lady at, like at college. And it, it's always the meme of like, oh, the old lady in college who's like, he's always a, an overachiever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that picture is actually of the oldest woman to receive, like, I think she got, like, a master's degree. Like, she just was like, I always wanted to go to college. I never could because I was raising kids and my husband. My husband passed away, so I finally went to college. And she's like, I got my degree. So it's like, it's never too late, people. You could always do it. You also have the stories of the guy who's in his, the story about the guy who's at, who's in his 50s. And he was, like, a factory worker his whole life. And he retired from that. And went to college and ended up going to med school and becoming a doctor. Yeah, see? Yeah. See, guys, it's never too late. You can always do it. No matter how old you are, no matter what's going on, you can always, you can always chase your dreams. Don't give up just because life sometimes and sucks. And there's nothing wrong with meeting <laughs> your dreams halfway. You know, sometimes the reality of the situation is that you can't go to the moon, but maybe you can work with space stuff. Exactly. Or, you know, maybe even changing your dreams. Maybe you find out that the thing you wanted to do isn't very practical or maybe it's not even something you liked as much as you thought you would like and so then you're like what could i do instead i i work i actually did something to try to achieve my dream of going to the moon um and meeting it halfway it didn't work out but i thought it was it was still it still felt really good to try um a while back 
um, NASA was doing this thing where they were testing for um, they were testing people to see how we would be in zero G um, for the Mars for the Mars mission for SpaceX. They're they're doing it, you know, for that kind of thing, like to see how Mars exploration would work and like being in zero G for the long trip to Mars. So they were doing this thing where you signed up and you had to be in bed for three months. Whoa, and that okay. tested your body for being in zero G. So you were in bed, you were allowed to work like that. You could set up with a laptop and um, you had to do exercises in bed and learn how to live your life in bed. So they, because the conditions are very similar to what your body goes through in zero G with like atrophy and stuff like that. And I signed up. I signed up for it. I, I didn't make it. I got I was told I was too old, but I still tried. And it was really cool to go through the process and send in an application and get a get a rejection letter from NASA. That's pretty cool. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. Being able to just live in bed for three months. <laughs> That's the part that I get out of that is like mm, living in bed for three months. <laughs> Your girlfriend was, just shakes my head, shakes her head. She's like, what? What is you doing? And it wasn't a three-month commitment. It was a six-month commitment. Ooh, six months. Ooh, six months in bed. Could, no, <laughs> you were in bed for three months. Well, you had like a preparation stage, which was like a month. Then you were in bed for three months. And then the rest of the, the, the two months was like the recovery and like more research. So they're oh, doing okay. more tests on you and stuff like that. Okay, so it's like actually three months in bed, but there's like six months of stuff to do, like yeah, prep and, and and training and research. Got it. Yeah, so I mean, they have like a treadmill like thing that you're in bed with. Well, that's weird. Yeah, there there are all these like different exercise technology and stuff like that, and you have to be on a certain diet. And there were two different programs. There was one where you don't exercise at all. And I don't like that one. No, no. Laying in bed, not exercising for three months would probably cause you to gain a lot of weight and be, get very unhealthy. You would lose weight because you would lose muscle density. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you lose muscle density. That would be bad. You wouldn't lose weight. You'd also lose bone density, which is really hard to recover from. Oof, that's a, yeah, that sounds bad. But also, I mean, you know, got to figure out who can survive space and all that. Uh, I mean, you could still go to the moon you know elon musk spacex just pay him money he'll fly you to the moon <laughs> oh that's so crazy that like that's a thing that's gonna happen in the future like just trips to the moon there's a tesla on its way to mars right now oh i, I should have shared yeah. that for the nerdiest thing i did this week what, what um, did you do at, oh at work um when i um they called us to the conference room to watch the falcon heavy launch and a bunch of, I got to watch the Falcon Heavy lunch with a bunch of engineers talking about the science behind it. I think that's so cool that they're doing that. I really do. Because our, our company actually makes stuff that goes in the space program, goes in rockets and stuff like that. So that's so awesome. That. Yeah, the um, seeing the booster. So the, the thing that w is special about the Falcon Heavy launch is, so like old space launches, the boosters would come off and they'd be discarded. Yeah. With the new SpaceX ones, the boosters are reusable. They come back down and land. What? So we watched the two side boosters. These basically these big rockets coming straight to the ground with like fire coming out of their backs. They're coming at the ground at really fast speeds. And then all of a sudden they turn around and then lower to the ground vertically. That like sci-fi. Really cool. 
Yeah, so I got to be in the room with a bunch of engineers, and everybody was like, oh, no way, holy cow. And the two rockets landed at the same time. Now, they ended the broadcast before we got to see the center booster land. The center booster mi- missed its mark. It didn't, it, didn't hit the, it didn't land. The center booster was supposed to land on a remote drone ship, <laughs> and it missed it. But they have had successful landings on drone ships in the past. That's so crazy. Man, but I feel like we're living one. in the future. I really do. <laughs> and the the main part of it um, put a ship. Uh, um, it actually um, put a car, a Tesla car, on its way to Mars. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw the whole Tesla car thing. <laughs> Elon Musk is so weird. He's such a weird guy, and I love him because of it. And <laughs> on the dash of the car is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it says, don't panic. Oh, are you serious? Ah. Mm-hmm. He's such a cool guy. Um, did you hear what else they're doing? So I'm, I'm sure you've heard of his uh, tumbling company, right? Yeah, because he was bored on the way to work, and he was like, this is boring. 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 I'm going to bore a tunnel. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, he was, and he made the boring company that's like, we're going to make a, this tunneling yeah. system that gets people, You're, like, that's going to commute people. Are you going to tell me about the not a flamethrower? Yeah, the, the selling of flamethrowers. That they're calling them not a flamethrower? Oh my gosh! Because they're it's an eight feet range instead of a ten feet range. Just like it's twenty eighteen has got to be the weirdest timeline of all the timelines. Like who would have guessed that like super rich billionaire would be like, I'm gonna start a tunneling company called Boring, and we're and we're gonna bore tunnels into the ground, and we're gonna sell flamethrowers. Like what? My theory about Elon Musk is he's he's actually Batman. Except that he does a better job at being Batman than Bruce than Bruce Wayne. Yeah, exactly. Because, because we don't know, we we've never heard anything in the news about Batman going around solving crimes. But I believe that he is. He he is Batman. Well, or you know the fact that um I can't remember where I heard this from, but it's this person going, if Batman had taken all the money that he spent into building his suit and building his weapons and building his bat car and all that stuff, and invested that into education and a better like. And, and social programs, he would have stopped way more crime than turning himself into a superhero. <laughs> but Bruce Wayne does do that stuff in the comics. He has a whole, like, like when he's Bruce Wayne, he still fights crime. He does all sorts of programs and stuff. He does. Well, whoever posted that thing didn't know that, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Elon Musk, the guy's awesome. You know, he also, I would like he also made a supercomputer that got taken over by Brainiac and almost destroyed the world. You know, you can't be perfect. No, no, you can't be perfect. That's <laughs> a new dream. Let's meet Elon Musk. Oh, my God. That's a dream. Let's have him as a guest on the podcast. There we go. I think he's on our wish list. Elon oh. Musk, if you're listening to this, join us on the podcast <laughs> anytime. <laughs> people, 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 our followers, the, the ones that we actually have, tweet at him. Maybe it'll work. I got some friends who work. I, I actually have one friend that works at the Jet Propulsion Lab. Really? That's pretty cool. Um, I, I'm probably going to see him next weekend. So um, let's describe a movie badly, and then we'll talk about the ner- nerdy stuff we're currently into so I can talk about next weekend. Um, we're going to describe, well, I'm going to describe The Money Pit because Anthony's never seen it. I'm sure a lot of you have never seen it, too, so this will probably be new to you. Um, the Money Pit was an early 80s movie starring Tom Hanks and, um, oh, God, what's her name? Um, hold on. Money Pit. Shelley Long from Cheers. And 
The Money Pit is about a couple who get conned into buying this like ridiculously huge house and hilarity ensues as the house is the house from hell. And um, this, like they, they got to try to fix the house, right? But it's like really terrible. Well, it's like the day they move into the house, he's going up the staircase and the entire staircase falls down. Like, like seriously, like the stairs start falling out from under his feet and the whole staircase pulls away from the balcony. Um, he they they pour water into the bathtub and the bathtub falls through the floor. The oven shorts out and sends the turkey flying through the house. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, it it has some of the funniest scenes you've ever seen in any movie. It's it's really good. It's it's funny even now. I just showed this to someone who'd never seen it before, and it's really good. We still need to watch the room, but go on. I can you stream the room or do you? Ha- I I heard you can't, and you have to get the DVD. We probably have to get the DVD, but I mean, we should totally watch it together, you, me, and Mike, and watch the room. It's it's hard for me to describe the Money Pit badly because I like it so much. Um, really, all I can think is it's. It, see, I think comedies are hard to describe badly because they already have ludicrous concepts. Yeah, exactly. So you can't really like. So oh, do the opposite. Explain it in a very mundane, boring way. A couple buys a house. The house has problems that they have to fix. While they're fixing the problems, it causes problems in their relationship. When they resolve the problems on the house, they also resolve the problems on their relationship. The end. See, that, that, that's a good way to explain a comedy badly. You made that movie sound very boring. <laughs> and hilarity ensued. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll have to watch it. I'm sure if I, if I look to my girlfriend and be like, should we watch The Money Pit? She'd be like, yeah, sure. I'd be curious to see if she's seen it. I'm getting a head shake. No. Yeah, you guys should watch it. It's good. It 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 doesn't it doesn't age badly. It's 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 really good. It was made in 1986, but it's still fun to watch. Yeah, it's a really good movie. <laughs> um, so what I'm doing this week is I'm going to Strategicon Orcon 2018. What? Oh man, that sounds so fun. I want to go. And we have to try to figure out how we're going to record this week because I'm going to be gone on the weekend because I'm leaving on Friday and coming back on Monday. Take me with you. <laughs> You're welcome to come for a day. It's not too far away from you. It's just in L.A. Yeah, it's 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 money and work. That's the problem. <laughs> well, you guys are busy on Saturdays now. Yeah, Saturdays are a no-go for us when it comes to doing things. You got anything cool going on this week? Um, I have to go to work. Friday, we're going to go see the first ultrasound. Um, we're hoping maybe that there'll be a heartbeat of baby. You doing anything special for Valentine's Day? I don't think so. Valentine's Day is like a whatever holiday. <laughs> As my girlfriend just looks at me and rolls her eyes. It's, it's a bullshit holiday. Come on. Oh, Anthony's going to be in the doghouse this week. <laughs> but I show you I love you every day. You shouldn't have to go, ooh, ooh, I, uh, I'm going to pick up this one from DS9. I, I shouldn't have to sacrifice plants in, you, in your honor. Do something nice. Get a flower from the store on the way home or something. I'm sure I will do something nice. Which do, do, really something, like. do something nerdy. Well, well, here's the thing, though, and this is something I love about her. She doesn't like flowers like me. We're both, we're both of the same opinion when it comes to flowers. What a waste of money. Does she like chocolate? I, I think what she would like is a back rub, so Aww. I'll probably do that and maybe make what, her dinner. Just whatever you do, 
don't go out to dinner on Valentine's Day. No, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did that once and went to, we went to our favorite restaurant and they were like, we have a set menu. And it's 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 and they, they show us the menu. And I go, this is the same menu you normally have, except you say what we have to eat instead of letting us choose. And you're charging us one hundred dollars so we can get pink champagne. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Restaurants have really figured out how to turn Valentine's Day into a suck. Oh, yeah. You know, it'd be a good one. We did this. We did this last month. We went to um, we went to Olive Garden and we ate all the breadstick and soup and salad and took our entrees home. <laughs> that was a good idea. Do that, guys. Do that, people. Do that. Go to Olive Garden. Order an entree. Just eat all the breadstick and soup and salad. Ignore the entree. Take that home for dinner. There you go. You can do that at Sizzler, too, where you get an entree when you pay the seven ninety nine extra for the salad bar, then just eat the salad bar, take the entree home, and have it for dinner the next day. Yeah, such a good idea. Good way to make save money. Yeah, but see, the breadsticks and the soup and the salad come with the entree at Olive Garden, so you don't have to pay an extra seven ninety nine. It's already part of the bill. Nerd Podcast Radio, not brought to you by Olive Garden. <laughs> nope, not at all. Oh, but um, Olive Garden, if you're listening, we would love sponsors. <laughs> I Nerd Podcast Radio brought to you by Olive Garden. I want that to happen now. Now I have a new dream. I like the fact that I just asked Olive Garden. Like, Olive Garden is a franchise. Not a person that works for Olive Garden. Olive Garden. But, I mean, according to according to the Supreme Court, corporations are people. So, I mean, I am asking a person. I don't think Olive Garden is a corporation. I think it's part of another one. Are they a franchise? Well, I think so. Most chains are. I gotta look that up now. I don't know. I'm asking Olive Garden. I, I, oh, you, you might be interested. I was actually interested in buying a franchise a while back. What? Yeah, when I was working my old job, the, uh, a taco place opened that was like a big franchise in like Texas and Arizona, and it opened out here, and I loved it so much that I started talking to them about what it would take to get one. What would it take? Um, I don't remember the amount. It was large, but I could have gotten a loan to do it. Um, I started talking to banks and um, the one in town closed and I started doing research and finding out that they weren't really doing well in Southern California. Ooh, yes. Good thing you backed out. But yeah, I, I got involved in that. I thought it would be neat to own a own a taco shop. They they were a cool place. They they were not traditional Southern California taco shop. That why wh- that's one of the reasons why it didn't go do so well. But it was also the reason why I liked it so much. They were Baja style fish tacos, and they had a hot sauce bar with like they had a hot sauce behind the counter that they would let you use that would kill you. <laughs> you had to sign a release. That sounds amazing. <laughs> we still have to do that super hot chip challenge. They're 60 bucks. For a chip? Yeah, because they don't make them anymore, so you have to get the ones from the original run, so it's 60 bucks for a stale chip. Oh, never mind. That sounds lame. Yeah, the company doesn't do them anymore. You can't get them. Um, I wanted to tell you, um, I stayed up late last night playing Divinity Original Sin 2. I have not played that in a while. How would you like I, it? I'm in Ar- Oh, I've been playing it for a while. I'm in ARCs. I'm, I'm about to do the Path of Blood. Oh, dude, you're you're probably ahead of me. I our computer. <laughs> well, we could talk after uh, about computer problems because our computers are really shit right now. It's not Did your computer leak again. Mm-mm. No, I never got I never got that fixed. But then my girlfriend moved in and she had a pretty decent computer and then her computer fucked up. 
and we're still not sure what what's wrong. So, yeah, we got to figure this. We got to figure that out. I think I might have to come visit you guys. I know. It, we're not sure what the problem is. We think it's the graphics card, but now we're not sure. It's weird. <laughs> Actually, you should visit about the pictures thing. Like I said, I sh- after recording, we could talk all about this stuff. Okay. I, I should visit anyway. I never go out that far. You've been out here many more times than I've been out there. I would like that if people would come out here to visit us so that I don't have to spend all my money on gas driving out there. Well, we'll talk about that after the show. So that was our show, everybody. Um, we talked about dreams. We talked about video games. We talked about comic books. We we hit the trifecta in this episode. We even talked about Elon Musk. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'd say it's because it's a nerd podcast, but it's more about who's doing it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> right? Um, thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy. Stay informed and stay awesome. Awesome. Uh, say goodbye, Anthony. Brian, cut him off. Goodbye, Brian.